media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. It's Sunday morning. It's the media show. For the next two hours, we talk marketing, branding, advertising, PR, everything that uh, that communicates is certainly what we'll chat about. And you can, on the air, come on and comment relevant to the subject at that time. If you do so, short, sharp calls, please. That number to dial in is 0891104207. 0891104207. If you are tweeting, it's hashtag media show. Please do that. And then you can tweet to me at Ashraf Garda as well as to SFM Radio. And uh, third option is to SMS me 34701. There's two things that dominate uh, today's show. In fact, the Luris is a major part of it. As you know, the uh, most significant agency uh, advertising awards took place in Durban last week. That plays a major part of it. As well as the uh, brand South Africa having their nation branding forum that took place uh, a few days ago in fact so we'll talk about that as our thought leader around nine o'clock that comes up later let's start then with the issue about the luris uh, because we have a new chairperson and we thought well let's get to know more about her not that they haven't spoken to her before we certainly have let's do just that and uh, i made the point earlier on we're chatting to a gordon or a gordan uh, but it's not Praveen. it's the other it's suhana gordan was also in the news because she's the now chairperson of the luris also creative director at uh, the agency FCB Africa. So, Hannah, I appreciate your time. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. Thank you. What, what's it your pro- show again. Thank you. So, one week as the chairperson of the, the Luris, and I'm just suggesting it's not time to downplay it, but it, but it is a hugely significant appointment, isn't it? It is. Um, and, you know, the feedback has been absolutely amazing from, from the entire industry. Um, I'm really, really quite honored and surprised by the feedback I've been getting. So, um, yeah, I feel a, a huge uh, responsibility on my shoulders, but it's also very exciting times. Of course. Um, Explain, how, yeah. how, does, how do you become the chairperson? So, so I mean, you have a CEO, um, uh, and that remains. That, that, that's the person who's directly involved in the day-to-day operations of, of the Luris, right? But, but the yes. chairperson, I understand, is what, on a two-year rotation. Is that correct? That's correct. So Andrew Humans is the CEO of the Luris, um, and there's a committee and a board, and uh, the board nominates uh, a member um, to be to become the chairperson, and then it's a two-year tenure. So, yeah. And I mean, do you then when they nominate, is it up for like contestation? Is there an election of sorts, or it's nominated? They they have an internal discussion, and then they approach you. What what happens? Yes, that that's exactly how it works. Is a nomination. I think there's also a vote um, and probably a discussion, and then I was approached because I served on the committee, and I was approached to um, come onto the board because you have to serve on the board first to to be a, a chairperson. Okay. Of the and- and then I'm assuming you asked them, like, why me, isn't it? What, what did they say? <laughs> I did ask that to Andrew straight away. And he, you know, he felt it's, it's um, he's known me for a while. And, and the board felt that it was the right decision, um, considering uh, the time I've spent in the industry. But I think also the most obvious one is, is that I'm a woman. And um, I think it's good to have a woman in this role. We haven't had one in a while. I think the last person was Boniswa from mm, Network mm, BB- mm, BBDO. Um, but also from a, a creative perspective, we, you know, it's, it's great to have a female creative director on that, in that role, especially in the times we're in and the message we want to be sending out to the industry. So it felt right, um, it felt right to me to, to accept 
uh, after a great deal of consideration. What, because okay, it is what, what was it just that? I mean, did you did you have to seriously consider it a great deal, as, as you said? Yes, because I think that it's not a role I would like to take lightly, um, and and also not a role where you just want to be a face uh, to the Louis. I think there's a lot to achieve. Um, you know, there's, the Louis is about creating excellence and shining a light on the ex- excellence in this industry. But behind the scenes, I think there's more to be done, um, especially in terms of transformation and attracting women into this industry and, and making sure that they have a reason to stay. Um, so I think that those are the things that will happen behind the scenes. Um, and obviously I will uh, you know, call on the help of all my peers in the industry because it's a job I think we all have to do. Interesting. So, you made the point yeah. about Bonizwa. I mean, she's, she's, a, she's a very feisty woman. I think many of us have engaged know just that, and that's great. Uh, but, but if I look at the last, uh, and I actually was not at Lurie's this year amazingly, but, but if I look at the, maybe the last five, six years of, of Lurie's, um, Besides her now, you know, being the chairperson and you yourself, so two women, but the last four have, have, have all been black South Africans. And I say that because, as you know, just so every other day on when we talk marketing and branding on this show, the issue of transformation in the media is like uppermost in people's minds, right? Do, do you see that also as, as a very, very strong message sent out? Yes, I mean, I think that that has been um, in the last few years we have seen uh, – black men take that role. And certainly the Luris has that as an agenda and, and continue, will continue to be an agenda. Um, and I think we're starting to see it in our judging panels. We are very conscious of that. Um, but for me, I think the one issue that, that was lacking uh, in terms of a focus was about women or is about women. So, um, so it feels like the timing is right and, and transformation according to, to race and gender will will continue to be this this agenda until such time we have a different looking industry. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's more relevant. But from my perspective, um, my focus is certainly going to be on the on the gender debate and the gender issue. So gender more than colour or both ideally. Well I think they're to- totally interlinked. Um, because you can't look at one without looking at the other. But if I if I had to pick a, a lane, I'm, I'm going to focus a lot on women because I grew up in this industry without any, without much. Uh, okay, hold, hold that thought. I'm going to find so, out why and your own experiences as well. Well, I am okay. chatting to uh, Sohana Gordon, who's the chairperson now of the of the Luris, and Luris, of course, is that annual event that uh, that awards advertising creativity and is, th- and is certainly certainly the most authoritative I would think in the country. She's also the creative director for the agency FCB Africa. She's very much in the news. I've been chatting to her. You can call in as well. 0891-10427 relevant to what it is we're talking about. Uh, advertising, creativity, her chairman, chairperson's appointment. Uh, you, in fact, just con- could congratulate her as well. But if you want to tweet as well, it's hashtag media show. And as always, if you're tweeting accurately verbatim in terms of the quoting the guess i'll just retweet that immediately otherwise your comments also most welcome but hashtag media show is all important the sabc has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the broadcasting complaints commission of south africa under the code we are committed to giving news that is accurate comment that's fair and programming that is not harmful does not amount to hate speech or violence or explicit sex If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the BCCSA, 
P.O. Box 412-365, Craig Hall 2024. That's the BCCSA, P.O. Box 412-365, Craig Hall 2024. Send a fax to 011-326-3198 or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit bccsa.co.za. You start that. You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. You can also catch us on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 814 as well as online at safm.co.za. Right now, uh, you need to know this, of course, if you want to pay your TV license, historically it's standing in a queue, but you can do it otherwise as part of the changes that we live in now in this world. Go to the website, paymytv.coza, paymytv.co.za. Then you make your payment, and because of that, there's a reward that you will get automatically. Uh, go to the xrewards.coza link, then download the XMe app, and you will get free funeral cover worth 7,500 rands. T's and T's apply. TV licenses, more rewards, making a difference. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. Talking to Sohana Gordon, the chairperson of the Luris. You, you were saying earlier on about your own experiences. Now, it's interesting from the outside, I would say, that where is the issue of Color transformation is still up for debate. If there's one thing about the advertising industry, my sense from the outside, and maybe many others too, uh, Sohana, has been that there are many, many women who are very actively involved in all aspects of the industry. Are you going to suggest otherwise? No, I'm certainly, um, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are many women, there are many very successful and inspiring women in this industry. Um, I'm saying that my experience growing up in it was very different. When I joined the industry, it was an all-boys club, and it was pretty cruel. Um, and I didn't have um, inspiring women leaders that I could look up to. They existed, but they didn't exist in my space and my immediate world. Um, and I feel that um, we face a problem where there are women that are present, but they are just not you know, given enough space. Um, and there are young women that are not being... Uh, attracted to this industry and they're not staying in the industry. So they arrive and then they have no one to, to guide and mentor them and then they end up leaving. You also get a lot of women who get married and want to have children and feel that they have to check out of this industry. So I feel like there's there's a lot of conversation we need to have and I also feel that some of the prejudice we face is different to what I faced but it's kind of more subtle now and those are things we don't talk about. We kind of just brush them under the carpet and get along with our day. Um, so we need to be seeing more women in leadership roles because I think we lead differently. And we need to um, just be more visible and have access to women. So, I mean, I have young women coming into my office saying, hey, would you be my mentor? And, and that's what happens on a very casual basis. And I think we need to start formalizing those things. Mm. So, so, you're calling, so how are you going to measure that? Because, I mean, you have a two-year stint, right? And you can't, you can't stay on, right? Um, I don't think I can. I okay. think I need to unless make space you, for somebody else. Unless you change the rules, yeah. yeah. How, or how, how are you going to measure? So if you and I had a chat in two years' time uh, mm. about, about your reign, right? How are you going to say, well, this is how I've measured myself and this is how I've measured based upon those measurements that I've put in? Well, I'd like to put some, uh, some programs into place or some kind of projects 
where um, I'm speaking to together with, with other men and women in this industry, my peers and my colleagues, where we're speaking to younger women, uh, where we're creating a, a visible sort of interaction. Um, and I'm going to be looking at inspiring younger women to, to stay in the industry and take up leadership roles. So I'm hoping that in, in the two years, that I, in fact, there's a young woman I spoke to the other day, Greg, can you just stick around? Because in two years, I'd like to see you take over from me. Um, I just want to be able to see more women enter the industry, more women stay in the industry, more women take up creative director roles, um, you know, leadership roles, ECD roles. Um, and that's not easy to measure, but I think the conversations also need to start happening, just like the conversations around race are happening. So it just needs to be more visible, more it needs more awareness and more conversation. And, and what, what about um, ownership of of agencies? Uh, are women involved at a level there that that, uh, that satisfies you or not? Um, not enough. Um, you know, there are, you know, certainly... I mean, if I have to speak of my own agency, I think that's an agenda we do drive, you know, quite in, in quite a big way. Um, and there's a great consciousness to, uh, towards that. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a way of growing young women and, and so that they can have ownership in the, in the company. But I don't think all agencies do that. Um, and it's something that we, we definitely need to look at. Um, I also think that, that there's just, there's a way of making this this job of ownership in the industry look unattractive to women, um, especially women who want to have a family and want to have children. It just we we have a way of making it seem impossible. So I think that that's something we need to look at. The, let's then talk about about your your own work away from the lures itself, right? So you're at uh, FCB Africa. I mean, when I first interacted with you, you were at. Uh, at Black River FC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So just go through yeah. your own journey, you know, in, in terms of, okay, well, where, where are you now and what is it you do there at FCB Africa? So um, I'm a creative director at FCB. Um, I work on the Coca-Cola and Wumpy account. Um, and my, my journey, you know, yes, when you met me, I was at Black River FC. And, and that's where I first got promoted as a creative director by um, Ahmed Tilly and Janine Allen, my um, my leaders there. And, you know, that, that's a remarkable moment for me because I remember I was young and not ready to take on the role of creative director. Um, and they just, something happened where they saw something in me and a potential and, and, and thrust me into that light. And it's something that has just changed my career since then and projected it forward in so many ways. And I learned so much that time. So it was someone taking a chance on me and going, look, you're young and maybe not exactly ready yet, but come on, let's do this. So, so that has been, uh, that was, I have to thank um, Ahmed Tilly and, and Jean Allen for that, for kind of seeing something and going, we're going we're gonna to put our trust in you. Well, hopefully um, they, they listen. You, did you genuinely <laughs> think you're not ready? And, and then, but you took it up anyway, right? Um, you see, normally you, you kind of have a stepping stone. I was a senior copywriter, and you, from there you probably go to creative group head and from creative group head to maybe associate CD and CD. You know, there's, there's a bit of a jump uh, that should happen, but... We were a small agency, and I don't think there was space for, you know, a hierarchy like that. So it was a jump from being a writer to suddenly being a, a, a creative director. And there's no manual written on how to do that job. You learn as you go. So, yeah, it was, it was for my side, I felt, ooh, that's, that's quite soon, but okay, let's okay. do it. Well, there you are. But, but subsequently, you, you've moved on, right? And, and, and the reasons, you know, you make decisions to move on to other agencies? 
Um, I think you make decisions based on, you know, for me at that point when I left Black River, I was looking for a change because after a while, you you know, creatives are restless, restless people. We kind of need change after a while. Um, and also sometimes you, you just, at that point, I was looking to involve myself in the digital space because I felt I was lacking in that way. So I moved to Native VML. Um, and then, you know, you, you move for different reasons. Sometimes it's a cultural fit. Sometimes it's an aspiration where another agency is offering you something that from a growth potential. So, um, and sometimes you move just because you're unhappy. <laughs> so there's mm, a whole, mm, whole lot mm, of reasons. Mm, mm. Um, but each time I've moved, I've, I've, I've moved, I felt like it was a good move. And, and this, this appointment now at FCD has been really, really uh, fulfilling and satisfying. I feel like the culture is, is amazing and I'm, I'm so proud of where I work. I, I love it there. Um, and it's the right kind of uh, agency in and, terms and- of my goals that I want to achieve. Okay, and of course, I mean, we'll talk to some of the Lurie's Grand Prix winners uh, later on. Of course, Coca-Cola amongst them, and there's some fantastic work that's been done by Mm -hmm. them. So you're involved with Coke and and Wimping, and that's fantastic. What what then, you know, what does a creative director actually do? What's your your job? So our job is to um, look at, so we we run um, different teams, and we have to look at the ideas that come out of the teams, Make sure we're picking the good ones, help shape the work, help, you know, take the work to the level you want it to be, um, and help sell that work in. Um, so, you know, it's quite a, it's quite a strange role. It's not really, and because then we filter the work that then goes to an executive creative director who makes the final call. Um, but it's a, it's an exciting role because you're not always just sitting there and picking ideas. You're, you're, you're part of the creation process, um, and you, you're involved every step of the way. Um, and, and sometimes you're actually doing the work yourself. So it's, it's exciting. I like it. It's taken me a long time to like it, but I do <laughs> like it now. Let, let's rewind to, to your early days. I mean, you know, uh, you obviously did, did, is this a career that you planned to get involved in? Was, was, this, was this plan A or was this something else? Um, this wasn't plan A. <laughs> this mm. was, I, I, kind of, I, was, uh, I studied drama at university, drama and English. And I really wanted to get into the performance world and, and be a dancer and be an actor. And I think something happened in my honors year where I started to just feel like it was not a sustainable career for me in this country. Um, but I wanted to, to still do something that was hugely creative. And advertising was attractive to me at the time because, you know, I grew up watching ads with my brother and my sister and, and laughing and criticizing them. And I just thought maybe this could be a more sustainable future for me. And um, and I, I took the chance and, and went and studied. I followed my brother, actually, into advertising. Oh, I see. Okay. Are you and, giving uh, him advice now, or is it him still giving you advice? Because I'm assuming he's the older brother if you followed him, yeah? He's my younger brother, but oh, okay. it certainly feels like my older brother. I always look <laughs> to him for advice. So, yeah, we're both in the industry. And, and yeah, I, I think I, I have looked back. In fact, I did leave for a while and go back to my dancing career, and then, and then I came back. I, w- um, when did you do that? I'm trying to imagine now, you know, <laughs> Sohana Gordon, the chair of, of Lurie's, uh, probably opening the Lurie's event by, by doing a dance sequence. I mean, maybe that can be <laughs> happening next year. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I'll be able to do that anymore. <laughs> it's been too long, many, many years since I've been a dancer. But... Um, yeah, no, I think uh, it's a different stage in my life now. Uh, All right. So, so you, you started, dancing. you got into advertising, then you got out for a short while, back to dancing. That was the first love, right? And then what? Realized again, no. 
I've done this nanny sorry, too. Sorry, I missed that. I was saying, you? I mean, you. So dancing was the first plan in terms of the drama. Then you, but you didn't do that. You got into advertising. Then you still went back yes. to dancing for a short while, and yes. then realized what? So, so the second time, the first time you went to dancing proper as a career, you went for about a year or two. Yes, that's it. I did for a year or two. I, I left the country for a bit. I went and lived in Australia for a year. Um, didn't love it at all. <laughs> Um, realized that I wanted to be back in South Africa. And, and I think I had enough distance from the industry to go, yeah, let me give it another shot. I, w- I think I want to be back in it. And also your, your, your lifestyle as a dancer is, you know, it's, it's a sh- it can be limiting if you're not dancing every single day of your life and you're not physically there. So I, I had a year's break, which is too long. So I, I knew that I couldn't go back into that. Um, and I wanted to do, I, I felt like I wanted to go back into advertising. And because it is really, you know, it's such a rewarding career for a creative person because you get to be creative every single day of your life in different mm. ways. Um, and I, I think my, my second uh, return to advertising was a lot more rewarding and a lot more mm-hmm. fulfilling. What, what's the big kick for you being in advertising? Like, what, what, what's, what's your thrill? What's your fix, if I can call it that? I think um, my biggest thing is that you get to see your, your ideas that live on paper come to life. And there's nothing more rewarding than that feeling of, hey, I like my idea and other people like this idea too. And now suddenly you get to put it out into the world. I also think it's a career that keeps you current and, and it keeps you young. You, you always have to have your finger on the pulse of what's going around in the world in terms of culture and stories and just everything that's happening. And so, you know, you feel like you're in a circuit of things, things that are going on. Um, and you're also learning something new every single day because one day you're talking about chicken and the next day you're talking about a car's engine or, you know, so it's always fascinating mm-hmm. from that point of but view. Because it allows you also, even from the outside, to to gain insights into industries that are that are not yours. So for example, if you if you're working on the Coca-Cola account as you're doing right now together with the with the Wimpy, they're completely different, excepting that Wimpy would sell Coke at some stage. But even mm-hmm. then you also have an insight into into their thinking, right? And and that that's that's a major plus. That's completely a major plus. I mean, I think that that's you know, people often think creative people are just artists, but I think what you start to learn is that you, can, you start to understand the business side of things and that what you're doing is contributing to a business or growing a brand, which, which is quite exciting. It's a layer on your career that you didn't think you would get to see. So, you know, suddenly you start, you start talking about sales and making, at the end of the day, we're trying to make a campaign that gets people talking, but we're also trying to sell Coca-Cola. So, so, so let, let, let's wrap up then by, by just asking you to reflect on on the best ad campaigns or, or you know, single ads that, that you've been a part of, maybe just three that comes to mind? Um, I think one of the most memorable ones for me was when I worked in Nando's um, and we did The Last Dictator Standing. Um, that was, a, I think it was a hugely significant piece of work mm-hmm. for us as a company. I, I, ironically, I must tell you, the headline today from Robert Mugabe, because, I mean, he was the first guy in, in, in that particular advert, like, you know, this is no, you know, Zimbabwe will not have an Arab Spring. So I thought, you know, the struggle continues there, ironically. Okay, carry on. But yes. anyway, yeah, so that one. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's particularly why that piece stood out, because we we got to do something that was relevant to the time and, and to, I mean, you never, it's quite interesting for me that you get to do that to a piece of advertising. Um, and what was more interesting is that we got his attention and he was angry with us and wanted to shut down the, the Nando's in Zimbabwe and sent his militant youth group uh, on, uh, to the storming to that uh, restaurant. So 
for me, that was memorable because I started to see the power of advertising and what it can do and what it can achieve. So even though that ad never flighted in, for enough time, it's still, it was one of their most successful December campaigns in terms Absolutely. of sales. Absolutely, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, two, two, others, two others very quickly. Sorry, say that again? Two, two other ads very quickly that, that you may want to mention. Um, I think uh, one of them would be um, some work we did for First for Women Insurance, which mm-hmm. was uh, some print work that was about men doing stupid things. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. why First for Women insures uh, women. I think that was a lovely, playful uh, campaign that we got to do that the client, uh, and it was a 360 campaign, print, radio, TV, everything. Uh, that was really lovely for us because it was, it had a sense of humor, and it's always nice when a client you know, allows you to do that kind of work. Um, and then also now, uh, recently, the, there was a Coca-Cola TV commercial that I did last year with my team that was a really great love story um, based on the emojis that were on uh, on Coca-Cola packs. Um, and that was quite a, a lovely story to tell. So it's, a, it's nice when a brand, a big brand like Coca-Cola makes a, a local commercial. So... That's that's the and, and very much award-winning stuff that you guys are at the helm of, right? Just just lastly, what what's the one campaign that you'd uh, or, or the brand that you'd absolutely love to work on, and you haven't yet done so? Um, sure, let me think. So, so no, it's you... like an on-air pitch here. Like, please think about <laughs> me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, say that again. No, on I was air? saying it's like an on-air pitch. You like, I want I want to work <laughs> on your account. You know. Um, I would love to work on an airline. <laughs> Um, I think it's something I haven't done in my in my time in this industry, so I'd love to work on an, on an airline for some reason. I think it's, it could be a lot of fun, uh, especially because in this country we have some very, our airlines have a bad reputation, so it would be nice to turn a piece of business like that around, a reputation like that around. Um, yeah, and I think, um, well, there's a piece of business that we just recently acquired that I, I was always wanted to work on, which is exclusive books, and, mm, and now mm, that is, mm. is within the FCD fold. So that one's there, and I don't need to dream about it anymore. All right, I look forward to that, because I mean, as, as an avid book reader, I, I would certainly connect to exclusive books as a place that I would always attend. So let's see what sort mm-hmm. of communication comes through from there. Okay, let's leave it at that, because you have work to do if you're going to get all those accounts nailed uh, into your stable. So, Hannah, thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Asha. Pleasure, and best wishes, of course. So Hannah Gordon is now the chair of the of the Luris, which is really the most uh, significant advertising awards in the country. She's also the creative director of the agency F- FCB in the, well, FCB Africa, in, in fact, right.